0: to At The Root with Greg Kuiper. Greg is a psychotherapist and holistic life coach. He is the man behind Kuiper Counseling. Through his professional practice and personal experience, Greg knows that without connection to ourselves, connection with others is near impossible because emotional connection is at the root of healthy living. If you have a question for Greg... You are more than welcome to call 425-373-5527 or go to KuiperCounseling.com. There you can find past episodes of At The Root. You can connect with Greg and learn more about his practice, webinars, and more. Hello, Greg.
1: Hello, Stacy.
0: Are you ready?
1: I am ready. I Last am.
0: week was a big week.
1: It was kind of a big week. It was. Yeah. S- Steve's coming around. Steve or, is coming around. Hopefully.
0: Well, here is the full sum of what I took away. Steve finally got mad at the right person, yeah. which is his his dad right right and and directed it in a way that was healthy in a therapeutic setting um in a way that connected some dots for him between. Trigger points in his relationship with Charlotte, um, right. relationship with dad, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it just felt like it was a culmination of a lot of things.
1: I think it was for him. You know, It, it he kind of dances. He's been dancing around it for a long time, right? Yeah, my dad was bad. Yeah, whatever. But now he's, now he's really angry about it. Yeah. And talking about it. It was and, a
0: big thing when he said it— uh, it just keeps, you know, I keep trying to push it down and it keeps just popping up um, right. in different things.
1: Right. Well, these are the the wounds we talk about, right? And then the bandages have covered them up for quite a while. But here they are and he's experiencing them and, and he's not liking it.
0: Yeah. We don't like <laughs> the uncomfortable.
1: Well, you know, we ended uh, circling back around to him um, in that individual session and uh In our work together with Shar and him, uh, they both have come into this awareness, right, of how they trigger each other into these illusions, we called them, created in the past. And they're still living in these illusions today. And it's, it's subconscious. It's automatic. The autopilot we've always talked about. And these separate illusions create their grand illusion of criticism and defensiveness with a little contempt stonewalling thrown in. Not a good base for a relationship at all, right? Together we discovered that their individual illusions were created around the relationship trauma they experienced as children. And this is where they are kind of, that's where Steve is right now, is just looking at that. And they're also becoming aware of how adept they have become in fine-tuning these illusions into these masterful works of cover-up they are today so these illusions were built around those emotional wounds and then they both learned how to bandage the wounds and keep going and the bandages aren't effective but rather than remove them and redress the ru- wounds right which would require putting awareness and attention on the wound which mm-hmm. is tough they just keep piling more bandages on top that's so so many of us do right we just bandaging and, and fixing it or thinking we are mm-hmm. and then over time the wounds become unmanageable and further bandaging makes it worse and we come to where steve and char are today and where i come into play i guess mm-hmm. people call me when they get to this point and they call other therapists too not just me but you know um
0: it eventually all seeps through. It does.
1: It seeps through. And their wounds and bandages and the illusions that created them are just all kind of raw and, and out
0: there. Festering.
1: Festering, okay, yeah. It's not a pretty word, it's but honestly, yeah, yeah, it's, it's... That's what it's doing.
0: Right? It's just, it's, it's just festering. It's just underneath the surface, and it's just not healthy.
1: Well, it's affecting their day-to-day lives. It's affecting their relationships, not maybe just only their relationship between them, but maybe at work and friends, employers, who knows. And uh, when it gets to that point, it's time to try to figure it out, right? Mm -hmm. So their grand illusion, which consists of their individual illusions, is preventing them from this deep emotional connection, this attunement, that they so desire and need, right? In order to get that place in their relationship, they have become aware that they need to look at how they connect with their own selves. And that's where we are now, right? We've kind of circled around to that, and Steve's looking at his own self to see what he can do to be a better partner, I guess. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: To himself. Yeah. Yeah. So they recently found that realizing these illusions and where they came from was not enough, right? So they, we can do that. Okay, ooh, yeah, my dad was bad. Discovering the wounds and the bandages, you know, none of this is enough. I think that's where many couples get stuck in their work, work together, or individuals for that matter, in their work. is okay, yeah, my dad screwed me up. I get it. Let's move past that. Life goes on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I see that a lot. It does go on, But, you know, if we're looking for change, then the bandages need to come off. And we got to look at those wounds. Yuck. Give them some air, right, if mm-hmm. you will. Totally. And this brings us to a place of understanding of what or who got wounded in the first place. So we got a wound. It's not like we're looking at a wound on our arm. Right. It's an emotional wound. Who got wounded? What got wounded? And that leads us to our self. The wounds were to our self. And not the self we created with our personality, right? But, 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 but what we've been calling our true self, mm-hmm. not the false self. The pure part of us that's always been there and has been taking this beating of our everyday lives for a long time. All that wounding never allowed us to develop the resilience and emotional intelligence that we need to remain in contact with our true self. So we unintentionally stashed our true self away behind all the bandages, you know, just trying to protect it. And the issue with doing that is that our true self, we talked about this last couple of weeks, it mm-hmm. consists of unconditional love, things like compassion and forgiveness. Objective consciousness, value, happiness, truth. Those are what make up our true self, and we've stashed it away. Many of us kind of pretend we have those ingredients as as part of us, as part of our personality, but but it's really mostly false or bits and pieces, right?
0: Mm -hmm. It's interesting to me that when you're talking about the wounding, and how it didn't allow us to develop uh resilience and it's it's so fascinating because what we're taught is that stashing it away is being resilient but that's not what being resilient <laughs> really yeah. means right resilient right. is what you do in the face of adversity or bouncing just back trauma. basically right and yeah. so it's it's such an interesting concept to to realize that actually addressing the wounds is what is going to help you build resilience, not avoiding the wounds
1: right? or living and, and, with them. And, and, and resilience really becomes part of us, develops at a very, very early age. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's when um, it's so critical for parents and caregivers to realize that, recognize it, and work with their kids to help them build that foundation for resilience because... If we don't have it and we're adults, it's it's a tough life. It is. So Steve is kind of right at the beginning of this awareness of having to unbandage these wounds, right? He's not comfortable. That's not a word we can use about this experience, right? Com- being comfortable. Change comes with awareness. And many times awareness is uncomfortable, but necessary if we want the change. So to get out of our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So this is a place I'm, I'll go to with both Char and Steve in individual sessions, okay? And I'm doing one with Steve now. My hope is to help them find this awareness of the need to get to their wounds and be uncomfortable and vulnerable, reconnect with their true self, who has been waiting patiently, right? Very hurt, but waiting. And this can take some time, so my, my hope is to get each of them to go to a therapist to do their individual work, you know, in addition to the couple's work with me. It, it's difficult for a couple's therapist to do all of that. doesn't work, really. Right. And this will allow the three of us to continue working on the relationship. The ultimate goal being to bring their individual work into our cus- couple sessions from their individual sessions with, with therapists, and then help them to use the relationship, their learnings, to further themselves personally and as a team. Then the grand illusion disappears. We have two team members helping the team to become better using curiosity and exploration as tools. So they're creating a journey rather than, you know, a battlefield.
0: Right it's It's not about what side you're on they're on the same side right there's a collective uh, bigger win out there
1: right, and those illusions that we have are the uh, are the is, is is when we get in conflict with each other. We're not a team anymore it's why can't he do this or why can't she do this or why does he never do this or all these words that that really mean nothing mm hmm So, last time we left kind of in the middle of this session with Steve. Cliffhanger.
0: I love cliffhangers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Steve had just found a little boy tucked away deep in his psyche, right? Curled up behind a wall, he said.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. His true self. So, let's return and tune back in. I continued. Steve... If you're not, you know, if you've got to tear down this wall, it'd probably be good to know what it's made of, right? Hmm. Anger and pain, I would guess, he said. Well, anger and pain are certainly what the little boy felt all that time. But I don't think a wall built on anger and pain would be very sturdy. Probably not do what the wall is there for, right? So what do you think it's there for? Well, protecting the boy, he replied right away. So protecting him from anger and pain? Yes, he paused and then continued. So the wall is all the things I did to survive and keep going. The lies to myself and others. The withdrawal the anger, (sighs) and the drinking, and more, I would guess. I'm just getting started here. He paused again. I suppose that's what you're calling the bandages over the wounds, all these things I just talked about. Yes, Steve. And there's a lot of them on top of a lot of wounds. So how do you deal with all those bandages so you can let the little boy out? behind the wall. If he'll even come out, he replied. We'll get to that when, when we have the means to get him out. But right now, you know, what do you do with these bandages so that the, the opportunity is there for him to get out? Huh. Well, maybe I don't have to tear all the bandages down to do that. What if I remove some of them and, you know, get a big enough hole? He trailed up.
0: He's getting into it. Yeah. Like, it's a good metaphor. It
1: is. So I, You know, I was really happy at this point. Steve's kind of getting into the visualization, right? Yeah. These visualizations work for some people, some people not. But, but when it does work, it's really very uh, powerful.
0: He's able to problem solve in that way.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then I ask him, how do you do that? Well, the bandages are covering the wounds. If I can get the bandages off of one wound, maybe it'll create an opening in the wall. Sounds like a good idea, I replied. He was getting somewhere. I was about to ask him how he would determine which one when he jumped back in. You know, right before my dad died... I was over at his house checking in with Mom, mainly. But I had hopes of connecting with him a bit. He was bitter to the end, so it wasn't easy. It wasn't long before the conversation turned to how I had turned out. He told me that he did his best, but that I just wouldn't listen. I lacked confidence in myself. The irony of that escaped him. He then blamed mom for all my issues, and she held him back from making me strong and ready for the world. And she was sitting right there with us as he's saying this. I left that conversation hurt once again, especially feeling for my mom. I guess I just bandaged just like all the others, because actually it didn't bother me that much. Do you think he did his best, I asked. As I look back now, I have to think that that's all he had. All he had to work with. I mean, it's sad to say, but he didn't know any better. I do know that his dad was the same way. Didn't make what he did okay, though, I said. No, it doesn't. It's hard to accept ignorance as a valid excuse. So, I'm wondering if cutting him a little slack, without absolving his responsibility, might loosen the bandages a bit. What do you think? You're asking a lot there. So, as you think about this over the next couple of weeks... See if you can bring back some times, some moments when he wasn't the way you remember him right now. Are there any instances where what he did or said did not match with his normal angry self, even little things? We have a tendency to remember the ugly and the emotions attached to those memories. What else was there? How about your mom? Did you ever get any insight from her? She's still here. How about a talk with her around this? Open up and see what she has to say. Might be weird, but I can try, I guess. Weird is good sometimes, Steve. Might be good for both of you. I'd also like for you to reach out to the little boy. See if you can get a dialogue going, even with that wall there. Many find it helpful to give him a name, so why don't you think about that? See if you can give this little boy a name. I'm going to meet with Char individually next week, so spend the time just being curious about all this, okay? Just, Just be open, see what you can find out, see what comes to you, see where it goes. So that was the end of the session.
0: I have so many thoughts.
1: Do you? Let's hear them.
0: Okay. Well, so naturally I've made this all about me. So <laughs> I'm thinking about, you know, my relationship with my parents and mm-hmm. naturally the blame game and and all of that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And I'm thinking about what you suggested to Steve, think about the moments when Perhaps the message that you got didn't necessarily match, like, who they were in the moment. So I was thinking about the moments that I could think about that. And as the youngest in the family with the biggest ears, <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember the drives home um, from visiting family and the conversations that would my, my parents would have back and forth sharing the the dysfunctional part of Mm -hmm. you know going home for the holidays and the things that were driving them crazy or the things the little barbs that they felt Mm -hmm. and you know seeing that side where they were sharing their vulnerabilities after a trip home or the moments where you know my mom who is a stickler for a thank you note um was probably exacerbated by her mother-in-law Sending back my brother's thank you note with grammar edits. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right? (laughs) So just like thinking about those insecurities then when she suddenly got ticked off and started to then disassociate the importance of saying thank you with the perfect thank you note. Right. Right. And, you know, so just thinking about those moments, um, because I think it's it's hard, as Steve said, to like, you know, try to give a little space without absolving the right. way that that true self was meant or made to feel.
1: Right. Well, the reason I was kind of bringing that up for him is is so many of the times, right, These these things that we remember from the emotional trauma that we remember mm-hmm. right are moments of reaction from the subconscious from from the autopilot that we live in each day and that his dad lived in each day and from he got that from his dad and it's just a reaction and it's instant there's no thinking there's no reasoning behind it i mean if there was you had a chance to reason, you probably wouldn't react that
0: way. Mm -hmm.
1: And if we can find times when they didn't react and they were a uh, more human (laughs) human person to be with, Right. Mm -hmm. This is confusing for a little child, right, to see the the anger and the next minute everything's okay. My dad was like that. You know, he'd just get so angry. And then 30 minutes later, everything was fine.
0: Right. He wants a snack.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and kids can't figure that out. Little kids, right? But in that 30 minutes, I'm guessing, I never talked to him about this, but I'm guessing he had time to go, oh, God, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Right. Damn, you know? And so, but this just happened repetitively, right? I mean, that's, that's right. life in that reactive mode of the autopilot that you were modeled when you were young, blah, blah, blah. Yep. So that's what I'm hoping that Steve could find is some of those moments that, that weren't constantly that reactive anger put down. Um, Attitude from his dad. Somehow, the way to work through this is, dare I say, forgiveness, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Well, that would help him then forgive the moments when perhaps modeling his father's behavior, he's maybe done the same with his own kids. Oh, yeah. Self forgiveness. Right. So, in forgiving, you know your parent or whomever raised you or maybe created some of that trauma, not absolving, as you say, it's forgiving, then it allows space for yourself to be human.
1: Absolutely. The resentments that we hold are the things that keep these illusions going. And forgiveness is for us. In a way, it's for them, too, right? Mm-hmm. Because that allows them to, to forgive themselves, maybe, if they will. Right. Because you've released the resentment. Maybe they can finally forgive themselves. Maybe not. But, but forgiveness is for us to release that resentment so that we can move forward positively. That doesn't mean we're saying it's okay what they did because it's not. Right. It's not okay. It's bad. But we have to be able to to somehow do that. And, and if we can get to the point of going, um, cutting them a little bit of slack with whatever we can find. Mm-hmm. Didn't know any better. There weren't any books about it back then. There was no internet back then. They were just going with what they knew. Whatever works for you, right?
0: They had their own trauma. They had
1: their own traumas they were dealing with. so. So if we can just find that little bit of slack, Mm -hmm. then we can start finding the forgiveness.
0: Okay. All right. I know we only have like a couple minutes here. So I'm I'm also curious, one minute technically, um, (laughs) and I can ask you this offline too, or maybe next time, um, giving a name to that little child. Uh, It's interesting that it's not your own name. So maybe you can talk about that uh, next time.
1: I will more, yes. There's a lot to that theory and all of that. So let's, yeah, let's go there. Remind me, okay? I will. Oh, trust me. Yeah, yeah, I know you will.
0: (laughs) Uh, And then the last thing that I will say is talk to the surviving parent. Like, it's not weird to converse, and especially now there's so much that we all want to say, like shoulda, coulda, woulda. So right. All right. Oh, I learned so much. I'm telling you, folks, this is weekly therapy. <laughs> it's the best. So um, thank you for that. Next week, we'll we'll continue this dialogue as we've been doing. Uh, again, if you want to connect with Greg Kuiper, then you can do that through KuiperCounseling.com. You can also find him on Facebook. You can find him on LinkedIn, and you can find him on Instagram. Greg?
1: Everybody, just stay aware out there. See you next week.